0: You are listening to the Chasing PRs podcast. Today, we are excited to share with you the lessons learned on my journey to achieving four new personal records this year, including a two-hours, 54-minutes marathon and a sub-17-minutes 5K. If you want to learn more, stay tuned.
1: Hi. We are your hosts, Rochelle Weeks and Diego Alcubierre. And with over 20 years of combined experience in coaching and physiotherapy, we created this podcast to help everyday runners who want to make the most out of their training and achieve new personal records while managing work, family, and life outside running. Welcome.
0: Welcome to another episode of Chasing Podcast. Thank you so much for being here. We're happy to be recording again.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. And uh, thanks for all the recommendations and suggestions. We are getting more and more, and that's really motivating, right?
1: Yeah. We're getting some ideas for topics for the new year and lots of suggestions for Athlete of the Week, which I love.
0: Yeah. I love that too, because it's hard to come up with that Latin of the week every week. Especially in winter. Exactly. For us. Yeah. Right? We, we had a lot of Australian things last week because they have great weather. Maybe they don't think it's great weather because it's crazy hot, depending on where you are in Australia, right?
1: Yeah, true. It's just a lot nicer than trying to trudge around in the snow, which is what we're doing. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. So uh, we're reviewing my year this time. Again, not to gloat or to anything like that. It's just our learnings as coaches and you as a physi- physiotherapist, what can, what can we do to help Everyday runners to achieve new personal records while managing life. Right, that's the yeah. whole idea of the of the podcast.
1: And try to avoid making the same mistakes we make. Because even though we've been running for years, we still make mistakes. Yeah, and from
0: us. yeah, and we try to be we try to be super open about it because you usually only hear the good things, mm-hmm. I, even in podcast. Oh yeah, I'm awesome and uh, I I train perfectly and I have only PRs and but that's not true. <laughs> Yeah, and that's what why we try to to accomplish in this episode, in this podcast. So, what? How was your training last? I think. What are you focusing on right now in your training?
1: I'm. I just have this. I don't know where these numbers came from. I just maybe just from running for so long and reading so many books about running. But I just have this in my head that for December, I'd like to run 50 kilometers a week, and kind of have a long run around 18 to 20 k. So okay. that's that's really all I'm trying to do and then work on my strength training. So last week I did 53K. I ran 20 kilometers yesterday, which actually ended up being nice. I thought the footing was going to be really miserable, but, cause we got a lot of snow on Friday, but it was fine.
0: It was warm. So I think everything cleared. Yeah. Really easily.
1: And I'm, I'm trying to make sure that I really listen to my body and rest. I'm not very good at taking rest days. I don't think any runner is really. Yeah. I just, and it's not like, oh, I feel lazy. I just. I focus better at work when I exercise. So I ran 20K yesterday and I have an hour break in my schedule today. So I purposely like left my workout gear at home. So even if I try to work out, I can't because I don't have any clothes to do it
0: in. That's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Just
1: force a rest day, no matter how good I'm feeling.
0: Yeah, because if not, you're going to end up training, right? You've got the gym right there
1: exactly it's just so it's yeah right across from my office at work is this big beautiful gym so it's very easy to just
0: and hard not to go in there, there.
1: yeah awesome yeah
0: um i i was planning to do 63 65k and i end up doing only 57 because life happens mm-hmm. that, that that's the truth yesterday i went hiking with the kids and i came back and just went out for a run before i have a a dinner with friends, so I didn't have time to to do it. But yeah, from 55 to 57, it's not that big of a jump. But uh, yeah, well, it was way slower this last week than the past week because the footing and on on Saturday, especially, it was very slushy and I I ran really slow. Uh, But yeah, I'm not complaining. And I think we talked about it in the last episode. No one has a perfect training cycle. So I'm two weeks in and it's already not perfect. <laughs> yeah, but you're
1: already missing certain numbers that you're aiming for. Exactly. And but it's, it's, okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. it's okay. Yeah, it's
0: okay. I, 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 I'm I, sure I'm going to have a good marathon.
1: And I think if you're going to cross train, hiking is one of the best things you could do because you're still loading your joints and your tendons and getting them used to. Yeah, I mean, there's
0: no, you need to be careful and raise your knees to to walk and stuff like that. So yeah. we were in the middle of the woods. It was snowy and, uh, yeah, I, I don't complain 15 K plus an hour of hiking. It was a good Sunday.
1: And I think if you look at your, your weeks, the difference in distance is there, but then if you look at the time running for each week where this past week was slower, yeah, I bet the time is actually a lot closer.
0: It was 10 minutes more. Yeah. I, I actually did. Yeah. It was on like 2K, I think it, 2K more and 10 minutes more, it's pretty similar, yeah. but, uh, yeah. Yeah, that, that that's true. That sometimes it your your body doesn't know kilometers; it knows time yeah. Yeah. and heart rate, right? So sometimes you you can run less k less kilometers or miles, but you have more time on your feet. Your body says it was a great training quick.
1: Yeah, I know some coaches and athletes prefer to train using minutes as opposed to distance. Yeah, and I think winter is a good time to do that if you're going to do it, because then no matter what the conditions. You're doing a two-hour run, for example. Whereas if you go by time and it's supposed to be 20K, but the footing is terrible and it's freezing out, then the effort's a lot harder.
0: Yeah. Actually, I think I run more on time than in in miles or kilometers, but I just know how much, how fast I run and how much I'm going to run. So uh, it's easier for me to, if I'm running, for example, 20K, to go out 10K and come back, but I know exactly what's the time I'm going to do. And uh, yeah, I I actually recommend running on time,
1: mm-hmm.
0: except from speed sessions, right? Speed sessions. Well, you can run two minutes or three minutes or stuff like that, but uh, yeah, time is time is it's a it's a better way to improve your or to to raise your your effort every week or your, the stress on your body. Don't you agree? Yeah. Because sometimes you're gonna feel terrible. And if you try to push 20K or 30K, but you're running 30 seconds per kilometer slower, you end up running 15, 20 minutes more than predicted. And coaches, even coaches that suggest uh, kilometers, they have into consideration what's the pace you're going to run those kilometers.
1: How long are you going to be out there for? Exactly. I tend to, I'm trying to run more on minutes on my lunch break. So at work, often I'll have an hour to an hour and a half for lunch and I'll try to get a run in then. And if I have an hour break and I say, okay, I'm going to go run 8K, five miles. If I if I get stuck at the door chatting with someone and then I get out and I'm like, oh, I've got to get this in and it's supposed to be an easy run. But now I need to get the 8K done, get back to work, change, eat my lunch and get ready for my next patient. It doesn't become easy because I'm rushing to try to fit that 8K in. Exactly. So lately I'm trying to do more like, okay, I have an hour. I'm going to go run for 40 minutes. So I run away from work for 20, turn around, come back. And then no matter what, I go easy because I'm running 40 minutes.
0: That's cool. Yeah, yeah it works better for me. And, and that's, yeah, no no training plan is perfect and you need to learn to adjust. And that's part of why we do this weekly rambling about our training because that's the the, the little learnings that we are adjusting every time and runners need to do it. No, runners that just go and I need to do this and this and this and this every week, no matter what. Mm-hmm. You you will know better than me, but they're the ones that are usually injured.
1: Yeah, too too strict with their training and not flexible at all. That becomes a big problem.
0: Yeah, exactly, and and it's yeah, it's a big it's a big problem because your life is not perfect and uh, you you can't predict what and your
1: running shouldn't be either. (laughs) Exactly,
0: exactly. Awesome. So uh, now Um, it's your turn to be an interviewer.
1: Yeah, yeah. So we're gonna talk all about Diego's. 2022 year of running. Yeah, and there was lots of lots of highs for sure. You had some really good races.
0: Yeah, I think it's been the best running year of my life.
1: That's it's, huge. It,
0: but it's also, I think, years compound, right? Yeah. I've been running or training like without, like for eight years, like consistent, consistently, consistently, consistently doing triathlons or Ironman, or half Ironmans and duathlons and running. So it's been eight years of consistent. Training and I learn more every year, so I, I, I think my trainings are smarter. I I I I, I was one, one of those athletes that were if I didn't run 8k uh, because and I ran seven on that training, uh, I got super upset and uh, anxious about oh I missed a, a, a kilometer there or twenty minutes or whatever. And uh, over the years, I, I learned to relax, and it's it's helping.
1: Yeah, trying to be a little bit more flexible and modify things can go a long way. Yeah. Um, So why don't we start, it's middle of December 2022. If you think of where your head was a year ago today, so, you know, Christmas and New Year's is coming and you're thinking of the year ahead, what were your main goals heading into 2022?
0: Uh, My main goals were to have a, a marathon PR and a 5K PR. Okay. Those were my, my main goals. I, I was going to focus the first part of the year in the marathon because I was registered already for Mississauga, because I had few a few friends that were going to do it with me, and no one did at and the we end. You yeah. Until
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, you can go to last week and see why I bailed. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: And um, and then I was just trying to do a five fast five k because with your, with the pandemic we didn't race. Yeah. I, for two years, so it was fun to... I love 5Ks. I love more 5Ks than marathons or every other race.
1: Yeah, you like to run fast. Yeah. Yeah. And so how did the training for Mississauga go? Mississauga was early May, right?
0: Yeah, I th- yeah. Okay. 30th of April or 1st of May, I can't remember.
1: When did you start training for that and how did your build go?
0: Uh, I... In January, because it was exactly four months before... 16 weeks before the the, the marathon... So November and December, I just October, I think I ran like forty K, forty kilometers only. And then my, my goal was to start building. I, I ran exactly the same on November and December it was a hundred and twenty kilometers. Okay. Then just to start to build and and to get used to running in the in this cold.
1: And was that your first winter of training for a marathon? Like, yeah. in like the long runs in the cold? Because that's that takes some getting used to.
0: Yeah, it was it was okay. the first. I think I've been running the cold for like three, four years now, but really focusing and doing long runs and at minus thirty, it was the first time. It was yeah, it was it was fun and interesting. <laughs>
1: yeah, you learn a lot when you have to go run for three hours and minus minus twenty degrees Celsius. Yeah, yeah.
0: And the other thing, other than lo- I hate long runs. I think I said this mm-hmm. a few times already, <laughs> but I hate long runs. Uh, so. I wasn't focusing on running 20 mile long runs or that's 32 kilometers that it's like the staple. 20 miles, it's like, okay, you need to do a few 20 milers to really train for a marathon. I think I'd end up doing like two or three only of those. But I try to focus on my fueling because the 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 more I read and the more I learned about fueling, those like up to 90, Grams of carbs per hour. I think that's a lot of carbs.
1: Yeah, that ends up being four or five gels per hour. I think, right? Like a gel normally has about twenty grams. Yeah. I think For, I read. Yeah, so, so every yeah. fifteen
0: minutes you, you need to pop a yeah. to pop a gel. That's a lot. Yeah. So and I start I started reading about uh, glucose and glucose spikes. That how they affect your your recovery and your your performance. How what zone? You need to be in in glucose glucose wise. I think it's milligrams, so I have no idea. But the point is that you need to be above 120. So if you go and read glucose charts, if you are above 120, you are like in the performance zone. So I have no idea about that. So I bought a CGM, the con- continuous glucose monitors. Okay. Things that uh, diabetic people wear.
1: And you wear it on your arm.
0: Yeah. You okay. can wear it on your arm, on your back, on your belly. I worked it on my arm.
1: And is it like a strap, like a band, or is it a sticker?
0: No, it's like a like a little mm-hmm. circle, and has a, it has a nail. No, no, I not mean a nail. Um, needle. Sorry.
1: Okay, know. a very very small nail.
0: <laughs> yeah, a super small <laughs> nail. So you you pop it in your in your arm, and with an app, you, every fifteen minutes it measures your glucose. Oh well. Wow. So you can. Check your glucose 20%. And, and so
1: you're looking to avoid that high and low where it drops below 120? N-
0: no. Well, there, there are two things. That's a very interesting question. When you are running, the ideal thing is to, to be above between 120 and 140. If you are above... I, I'm going to search in a, in a second what what's the measurement for the that. Units? Or the units. Yeah. Um But if you are above 140, that's where... That's what people with diabetes do have that they start to go above 140 and their body doesn't have the ability to process so much sugars. So it's dangerous to be above 140 as a non-diabetic person because you are in risk to develop diabetes Mm -hmm. because your liver doesn't work. So, so good. But no, the the thing about the, the spikes are like, uh, when you eat a very carb loaded, uh, meal. If it goes like a really big spike or peak, you, like you, you shock your body with with carbs, and then it comes down, and that's like the sugar rush or the crash when you have a sugar rush. And uh, over the long run, <laughs> uh, it can be dangerous to your health. So that's why it's my first part. Because two years before that, I've been vegan, mostly vegan, with a size of pizza on Friday.
1: With a little cheese on Friday. You need that. (laughs)
0: We have pizza Friday in my family every Friday. We watch a movie and order pizza. So we weren't uh, getting rid of that. But other than that, I've been vegan. And it's super hard to really eat proteins other than protein shakes. uh, I try to, they say if you mix uh, some, like, for example, rice with beans, Mm -hmm. it creates some kind of protein or lentils and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, when I did the math, it was really low, a little real, really low protein intake. But I felt great physically. I was running perfectly. I had a lot of energy. But I started wondering about those spikes and how to, how does those, those 90 grams per, of carbs per hour when you're running, how, to, how do they look in this glucose chart? So that was my, my main goal having the cgm um my biggest learnings were yes when you are vegan those spikes are a real thing okay so i started to modify my my meals a little especially my my breakfast on the past i used to have like a french toast uh that was i think i had that for for breakfast like 20 years since i was for 20 years yeah
1: Okay, so like every morning. Every morning, day.
0: that's what my mom gave me when I was since elementary to high school and then just, it's what I had for breakfast, right? Yeah. But it has egg on it, eggs on it. So when I started to go vegan, I changed it for oatmeal. So it was oatmeal with an apple. That okay. was my, my breakfast. But when I started using the CGM, those spikes are crazy. crazy. That's, I, don't know, I, I don't know if it's the worst combination you can do to get your spikes. And the oatmeal—did
1: you have syrup, like maple syrup, in the oatmeal as well for yes. added sugar, or was it just the apple giving it sweetness?
0: I add like a, a spoon of sugar, brown okay. sugar. Okay. Yes. If, if it's not, it tastes like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's horrible. So, and the, um, and I started talking with a nutritionist uh, specialized in glucose management. So we started to tweak the the, the oatmeal in the morning. Instead of sugar, I started to add uh, cinnamon, for example, and that helped that okay. the, the spikes weren't that that high. And if you read about cinnamon, it's like a natural, uninflammatory.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay. I've read that before. So, like turmeric is the same thing. Exactly. Like turmeric.
0: Yeah. So yeah. They say, I said, okay, that's a two for one, right? I'm not adding sugar and I'm helping my body to... Mm-hmm. How do you say?
1: it? Yeah, anti-inflammatory. anti-inflammatory so you're you're yes. trying to help with recovery after runs and lifting sessions. Exactly. So yeah. that
0: helped, but it, I, I still have big spikes. Okay. What can we add, or how can we change the breakfast? Keep it vegan, and but adding, making making it better. The next thing we added was uh, half a cup of mixed nuts. We just I just crushed nuts and added to the to the oatmeal. The Costco ones that have like. Uh, pecans and cashews and stuff yeah. like that, that like mixed nuts, and that helped. And the final one was uh, adding a scoop of vegan powder, protein powder. Okay. So it was like a two, two three-month discovery thing about how to improve my my breakfast.
1: And the whole time you're monitoring your glucose, so you're watching what the spikes are doing.
0: Exactly. You okay. you, you check your glucose right before breakfast and 15 minutes after, after breakfast, and you can see how, how it affected your... Your spikes and your and your glucose, and I've been feeling great. I have a, like a lot of energy, and uh, when I when I used to have only the oatmeal old, the old with a spoon of sugar and an apple, I have like a huge spike of energy like for one or two hours, and then it started to to wind down until until lunch. And now this breakfast really helped me to have a lot of energy during the day, and especially for my long runs or speed sessions, I feel like and a lot of energy and power to to go do it and so that was the first step to start to avoiding the spikes and with my breakfast and at the end of the day i stopped being vegan because adding a little chicken or meat stuff like that to, to my pasta or my rice really helped with those spikes and uh but it's way less than the amount of meat i ate before before okay before trying to go vegan i ate meat. It was more meat than pasta or rice, yeah. And it now it's just like a a little section or portion of it, uh, meat, just to compensate with with the spikes of sugar, and and that helps.
1: And would you monitor your glucose while you were running as well? So did that tell you how to fuel yourself and what gels to use?
0: That was the second part. Okay. The second part was fueling for a marathon, right? Because it was the the main goal. So. I did. I did two things to 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 monitor my glucose during training. One with speed sessions. It was just before the speed session and after the speed session. Because when you when you train, your glucose tend to to go really down. So, what do I need to eat after a speed session so my glucose doesn't have an inverse spike or a big dip? Yeah. Um, And I started to play with that. And just a protein powder, a protein shake. Mm -hmm. It's more than enough to to avoid that. And the other ones was during long runs. Okay. I always train like um having gels and Gatorade with, during my long runs, but I never knew exactly how they affected my my performance. And I don't know if it happens to you, but during a marathon or a half marathon, I forget to to drink or eat the things.
1: Yeah. I that's train. definitely happened to me before. You get in the moment and you're it's, having fun and I've been. you have gone by. I, you don't feel it. Yeah. I don't need it. I, I every marathon
0: in the first twenty five K I feel like Superman and I can achieve a new PR at every marathon. After yeah. twenty five or thirty K, it goes like shit and everything yeah. feels awful. So I never do it because I don't need it, right? When you are in the marathon, I don't need to have the gel because I'm feeling awful. Awesome. You feel fine. Exactly. Yeah. Uh so I started to 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 monitor that during my long runs. Uh, so I stopped every I started doing every 20 minutes half a gel. And I have a bottle of Gatorade with me all the time. So I started to monitor how how that how that worked. And uh well, I started with one gel every 30 minutes, one gel every hour, one gel every 20 minutes, half a gel, a, a lot of different combinations. But I ended up with half a gel every 20 minutes and Gatorade every 10 minutes, mm-hmm. because I also have an alarm now in my clock that every 10 minutes it sounds, and it reminds me that I need to drink yeah, water a sip or a sip a sip of Gatorade. Yeah. I'm terrible at that, so my watch reminds me every 10 minutes I need to.
1: Will you sip. have the Gatorade with the gel? I, like, I've always found if I have the gel and then I wash it down with Gatorade, it bothers my stomach. It's really? like too much, too much sugar, but if I have a gel and mix it with water, then I'm okay. okay. But it doesn't bother you to mix no Gatorade and the gel. No. Yeah, everybody's different. Exactly. Yeah. And
0: and that, 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 that that's why you need to train and yeah. practice and test different things. And I
1: have a full gel, so maybe if I had half a gel like you do, it would be fine. But maybe it's the full gel plus the Gatorade that is not fine. Yeah. I, yeah. I find
0: it better to have one gel, half a gel every 20 minutes than one gel every 40. Yeah. It, it helps with the, with the glucose staying above 120. Okay. I don't know if you're drinking eating more constantly, it doesn't allow your body to go, to have a dip in, in glucose. So yeah, at the end of the day, I was able to run 30 kilometers in like two hours and 20 minutes, two hours, 30 minutes and maintain my glucose about 120 with that combination. So I think that was a big part of why I was able to achieve a PR in, in Mississauga.
1: Yeah. Cause because what was your time in Mississauga? What did you end up doing? 2.20. And what was your best before that?
0: 2.58.
1: Yeah. So four minutes. Yeah. Especially at your level of running. Like the the faster you get, the harder it is to PR. Like you take two seconds off and it's like you're over the moon. But when you first start running, you might take 30 minutes or an hour off your marathon time. So to do four minutes, that's a big deal.
0: Yeah. And it was a healer course than my marathon record.
1: And did you find... Because the time tells you that obviously you, you were better at that marathon because you PR'd but did you feel energy wise you were more consistent with regards to how you're feeling yeah. during the marathon
0: yeah for just being consistent on having a sip of I, mm-hmm. I ran with a flask also
1: mm-hmm.
0: so it's the first marathon I ran with a flask I train all the time with a flask so I I said like okay, my body is just too carrying it
1: and that's just the handheld plastic bottle yes okay uh,
0: a big one like a Six hundred milliliters. I
1: hate those things. Yeah. I wouldn't be able to run with that. I don't think. I just don't like having something in my hand.
0: I'm so used to it. Yeah, I train with that all the time, all my long runs and with 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 that flask and not my speed sessions because you can come back and have yeah. a sip of of water again. So I'm, I'm super used to it, and uh, I wanted to drink a sip every ten minutes. Yeah, I'm not a pro, so I don't have a person handing me water bottles whenever I want. Yeah. Uh, so I. I wasn't going to just rely on the aid stations. And that was my goal. Yeah, you kind of
1: had on your own time, you could.
0: I can drink sip of Gatorade and have my goose whenever I need it, whenever I want, no matter where in the course I was. And I think it was, it was, it was really good.
1: And it, it's hard to put your trust in the aid stations too, because sometimes things happen or you drop your cup or you're yeah. too busy and you can't get in there. I remember Natasha Wodak being interviewed by, um, the ShakeOut podcast after she got the Canadian record for the marathon in Berlin. And I think the first two tables, she didn't have a bottle. And she, so she started panicking and yeah, the people sure. around her started trying to help her and share with her. And then the third table, her bottle started showing up. But the first two tables, there was no bottle. So and, imagine you got your that, home, then... and imagine
0: at that level, yeah. not having your carbs, your first two dose of carbs. Yeah. It,
1: yeah. And psychologically that would really mess you up. Yeah, like you're like, sure. okay, my run is ruined. I'm done. Yeah. But then she went and got the record. Imagine if
0: she had her two bottles. If she
1: had the flask, she would have been okay. <laughs> so did you, when you did that, so you, you took a half a gel every 20 minutes yeah. and then a sip of Gatorade every 10. Yeah. Did you hit the wall at 25 K like you always do or were you good?
0: No, I hit like a 32. Okay. Yeah, so you got another 7K out of, <laughs> yeah. out of it. Okay. Uh, yeah, and that, and that and that was the difference, right? If I, have a, if I have 7K more of good performance, that was the difference between running 258 or three hours and
1: 254.
0: Yeah. Uh, because the, my long runs and my mileage was pretty much the same as my few past marathons. Okay. Uh, nothing really changed there.
1: Everything right? else was the same. That's kind of yeah. nice to change one thing. Yeah. I do that often at work with my running patients, if we're trying to figure out what's going on, I'll give them one suggestion. I could give them 10, but then <laughs> if they come back and it they're better or worse, it's like, oh, what was it? So so your big takeaway from Mississauga was the fueling, yeah. getting the glucose monitoring and and taking like more frequent um, bits of fuel as opposed to once every 40 minutes.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure.
1: I've definitely, I, I feel like that's something I've gotten a little bit better at in my half marathons because I used to wait until I felt Low energy, you're hungry. Yeah, me too. And that might be like at the 11K mark of a half marathon. So I'm like an hour into the run. I haven't had anything. I wouldn't have had anything other than maybe oatmeal for breakfast two hours before. Yeah. And I'd, oh, I start to feel sluggish. I'm tired. And then I would take something. And then it might take like 15 minutes for me to start coming around. But that's, I usually go every 40 minutes. So I'm going to try your every 20 minute advice but I usually go every 40 and that improved it a lot. So even if I really didn't feel like I needed it, I would take it at 40 and I just didn't get that low blah feeling.
0: Yeah, that's the thing, you train it, you read about it, but in the race, it's very hard to really uh, keep track or be responsible with your training, with your fueling plan, right? We are all obsessed with our training plans and my paces in the marathon or the 5k or whatever race, but I've seen runners, a lot of, they don't take anything in the marathon or yeah. in the half marathon. They just pl- pl- go through the eight stations without drinking anything. And I'm like, yeah, I know you're feeling good, but imagine how fast. I remember, you remember the first time Elliot Kipchoge tried the two hour thing in, I think it was in a one racetrack.
1: Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: There were two other runners that, that attempted, and one was the guy that had the, record for the half marathon and I, I I watch all the documentary and the first thing that guys at Nike did it, he didn't drink or eat anything during his, his half marathon nothing nothing yeah not a thing and he ran a half marathon in one hour so in yeah.
1: an hour yeah, yeah. yeah so.
0: but uh, even my point here is even the pros fail at that I don't think I did show fail at that but yeah <laughs> all the other pros Natasha that and stuff like that it's like I need, we fail at that feeling during a marathon or a half marathon. It's it's really hard to do when you're there. You can train it. You can imagine it. You can carry your gels. But in the past, I I always ended up with more gels in my pockets than intended.
1: Yeah, you start thinking of too many things and you're focused more on pace. I think one thing, there's a very consistent message when you listen to elite marathon runners be interviewed and they all try to figure out how much they can possibly take in during a race and still feel good. So you meet people who are like, oh, I just need two gels during a marathon. It's like, well, you feel like you just need two, but what if you had four? Yeah. And so a lot of the elite runners, they train their guts yep. to take in as many carbs as they possibly can while still feeling good. And they use their long runs to do it. So even though, just because you can do a long run without fuel, doesn't mean you should.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And- the training your gut is, I think, it's really important because oh no, I've heard people I can't, I just can't take gels, I just can't take Gatorade. Yeah, I tell this to my daughter all the time. You can't jet, right? Yeah. If you want to, you're going to be able to do it. It's going to take time. It's going to be hard. Maybe you're going to start with a third of a gel or or diluted Gatorade or stuff like that. But you need to train yeah. it. It's not. It's, it, it's not a miracle.
1: And I think I've I've met runners who have big issues with their with their guts. Like they'll take a gel and it doesn't work. But then I've got friends who take a pack of applesauce with them. Yeah. Or they're options. Cake. Yeah, for like sure. Like there's all these little options. Like if you really if you really give it a good effort to try these different like the the marketed running fuels. Yeah. And it just doesn't work. Like I remember my mom did a marathon and I'm pretty sure she ate jelly beans. Okay. The whole time. And it just worked for her. So you figure out what works and yeah. then but it needs to be something and it needs yeah, to be At the end of it, it's carbs, carbs. yeah.
0: Right. Uh Jason Coop, you, you know who he is. He has a big book po- a big podcast and he's like big a big thing in uh, ultra marathons. And uh, I used to follow him on Instagram. Uh and they ask him, okay, why? I don't like jails, There are processed carbs and stuff like that. Why can't I have uh, something natural and stuff like that? And he was like, carbs are carbs, right? Yeah. Maybe it's not the healthiest carb, and it's not a good thing to to, to have that for a jail for breakfast and lunch and yeah. stuff like that. But when you're running, you just need carbs. As you just need as, something simple and As digestible. much as you can. Yeah. And that doesn't affect your gut. for that, That's yeah. that, 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 That's true.
1: So, so you did Mississauga, yeah. you get your PR, yeah. and then the next one you did was Marine Corps, yeah. but you d- also did a 5K between those, right? Yeah. Can you talk about like when that was and because h- doing a 5K, and doing a marathon is so different. So, how did you kind of train your legs to try a 5K PR?
0: Okay, I uh, yeah, my goal, as I mentioned earlier, was to do a marathon PR and a 5K PR. But I was already registered for for the Marine Corps since 2020, and the pandemic just didn't didn't happen. I had to defer and defer and defer. And this year was my last year being able to defer the the entry. So I just, I was already registered, right? So I didn't train for a marathon.
1: Okay. (laughs) That's how you did it.
0: Yeah. I trained for a 5K. Okay. And then a month later, I did a marathon just because I was already registered.
1: Yeah. So you basically did a marathon on 5K legs with like shorter speed sessions, not as long, long runs. Yeah,
0: exactly. Okay. And just to give an example of the different sessions, because I always read about no, your speed sessions need to be different about a 5K and uh, what are those speed sessions? For example, during a 5K, my speed sessions are more 400s and 800s. Yeah. And during a marathon, it's more 1600s. Yeah, right. mild mile repeats, 10-minute repeats. Yeah. Ten, ten repeats and stuff like that. Way slower, obviously. But, uh, yeah, I did. I, I don't think I did any mile repeats yeah. <laughs> during that training block. It was all
1: speed, like 5K, 400, the fun stuff.
0: The fun Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. For me, the fun stuff. And my longest long run was 21K, okay. a half, half a marathon.
1: So when when did you do the 5K? Because you didn't race. You just did it by yourself, right?
0: Yeah, because the queen died. Yes. And they canceled the race I was going to race.
1: Yes, they that was the army run. So that, I think they had to have, was it a full 10 days where there was no formal events? Something like and that. And the so the army run postponed it by yeah. over a month. So yeah. and then yeah, because that ended up being right before your marathon. So you couldn't do it.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So okay. I ended up like running by myself because I was I trained so hard during during summer. We went for vacations for two weeks and I Stay consistent with mm. my training and my speed sessions and my long runs. And during vacations, it's really hard. But I was. So when they announced like three days before the race, no, we're not going to do it. I said like, shit, I'm going to do it anyway.
1: Yeah. Like I trained so hard. Yeah, I'm And I I, I feel
0: like I'm achieving a new PR. I'm not going to get this last four months go to, to waste.
1: Yeah. And what you did do a PR, didn't you? Yeah. What did you do?
0: 16.40.
1: And what was your quickest before that?
0: 16.55, like 15 seconds faster.
1: And, and you were just by yourself on the Trans Canada trail.
0: Yeah. Both so of flat. my, both of my five PRs are I like that because the last one was in 2020 during the pandemic, there were no wow. races. I was bored. And, uh, yeah. So I, you
1: need to do a fast flat in-person 5k I'm and really see like what having people chasing you and you chasing them does. Cause I mean, that's going to be It's going to crazy. be
0: crazy, fast, interesting yeah. and yeah. I, I don't know you, but I will always perform better at
1: races. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. I need people to chase or feel like people are right behind me. Exactly. Yeah, by yourself is hard. That's that's really impressive.
0: Yeah, your mind starts going, you don't need to do this. No one's watching. Yeah. <laughs> what happens
1: if I just slow down a little
0: bit? Yeah, if I cheat. Or... No one will know. You, oh, yeah. you, you, your, my mind goes crazy yeah, places but... when I'm running fast. And this is too hard. You you can't more. And no one's watching, stuff like that. But and it's, it's good, also good mental training.
1: And that, so you did that in September.
0: Yeah, at the end of September. I
1: think. End of September, and then Marine Corps was right a at month. the end of yeah, it October. was a month later. And how did how did that go?
0: Uh, I, as usual, I felt great. I was way on pace for a new PR until twenty five k, I think. But then uh, no, my my, my left uh, hip just gave up. And okay, I walked a lot in the last few.
1: You walked and you still, what was your time? 3.02. Yeah. It must,
0: and is... it, 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 it it's really interesting because one thing, I've never finished a marathon without walking. Let's
1: start with that. And would you just walk at the aid stations or walking anywhere just because you need to walk? Anywhere. So even when you did 2.54, you walked a little bit?
0: Yeah. Oh, no. Okay. There, there were like these uphills in the last 10K and all the little hills, I was like, oh, shit, I need to, I need to walk a little. So maybe 10 seconds, maybe okay. 20 seconds, stuff like that. But I always—I've never done a mar—I I want to do a yeah. marathon just running, but so far, uh, and that—and that's part of the part of the plan that I, that I mentioned last last week. That it's just running consistently for four weeks, for example, a twenty-one k, and not opening my my mileage. That's part of the big picture plan for the next few years to be able to run a fast marathon without without walking.
1: Yeah, without walking.
0: Um. Yeah, but it it it, it 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 was a really interesting marathon because I didn't train for it, and it was my second best fast, my second, my third fastest marathon because yeah. it was two fifty four, two fifty eight, and the other was three oh three, and I did three oh two in this one. Yeah.
1: Uh,
0: so I didn't train for a marathon, and I achieved a, a good time. So that that's the things that always bother my mind. What's it? There's no one way to train there's no only one way to train not because one coach says one thing that works and the other what that one doesn't work so everything works at the end of it if you are on your feet running you're gonna get faster yeah and you just have
1: to experiment with what works exactly. best for you
0: i i bet that if i did long runs my marathon will have gone better but at the end of the day it was enough to finish a marathon in three hours training for a 5k so yeah yeah that's interesting
1: if and you were prioritizing like if you had done the 32k 35 kilometer long runs or 20 mile long runs maybe you wouldn't have gotten your 5k PR because you would have been doing that 5k on more tired legs you would need more recovery time from the long runs you would have trained your long kind of those slow twitch muscle fibers better than the fast twitch so fast twitch is better for 5k slow twitch is better for Marathoning, Yeah. So you just kind of had the right muscles trained for the 5 And minutes. your speed
0: sessions are way slower. Yeah, yeah. Right? For example, I think my speed sessions for when I train for a marathon, I run them at around 330 per kilometer. Or my speed sessions when I'm training for a 5K, more around 3. Yeah. 3.05 per kilometer. Yeah, that's pace. a big difference. So that's a huge a huge difference. And it's so, that
1: turnover, that peppiness that you don't really get when you're marathon training.
0: Exactly. So every yeah. at the end of the day, it carried up a little to the to the marathon training. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I was faster. Overall, I was faster. Maybe I, I wasn't, and the endurance part wasn't there, but the, the speed the speed was totally there. So I was able to, and the first 5K for, of that marathon and uphill, and I almost didn't feel them. Yeah. Because I was just, I ran a 5K in 1640 five weeks before, and I ran that 5K 20 minutes or 19 minutes, yeah. something like that. So it was way slower from what my body was used to. At the end of the day, okay. I paid for it in the last yeah. 12 kilometers, but, uh, the first, the first ones were really, really good and
1: Yeah. Fast. So now, now you're training for Boston. Yeah. What would be the key things you took away from the 2022 year training other than fueling? What's the big things you're going to take into 2023 with you and try to focus on?
0: I think the first thing I'm going to think more term, more long term, that's, that's number one. Uh, I'm tired of these incremental or very marginal gains. Like, oh yeah, it it, it it's fun, or ha- I'm happy to go from a 258 marathon for, for a 254. But it it was three years apart those marathons. So I mm-hmm. see four minutes in three years as really little improvement, mm-hmm. per me personally. So and I think it's that short-term. Um, mentality and goals of I need to I need to train for the next marathon, the next race, the next race, the next race, the next race. So we are always training just for the next four, five, six months. Yeah. And I watch. I just want to train for more for the like five year plan.
1: Yeah. So and what's your long term goal? Do you think for the marathon? Like in five years, what would you love to be doing?
0: Uh, I would love to be doing two twenty nine.
1: That's amazing.
0: That's that's my big five. year I think you could do that. My back, big five year goal. Yeah. That's that. So I'm not I'm not stressed in the next few years. I'm going I'm going I'm going to run in Boston and Chicago next year, and I I expect to see improvements. But I don't care what those improvements yeah. are. I just want to build my mileage, my speed sessions, my everything, in five years to mm-hmm. be able to run or to, to really train for a race with that goal. Because right now I could be okay. I'm going I want to run a two twenty nine marathon, for example. I can start doing the long runs and the paces, right? But my body is just going to break down.
1: Yeah, I, you have I, to be slow and gradual. And I
0: can't. If I if I, if I I get my speed sessions for a three-hour marathon or a two-thirty marathon, the speed in the speed sessions is going to be completely different. And the pace on the long runs, it's going to be completely different. So I, I can try to do that, but I don't think my body's going to adapt really yeah. well to that training. You just
1: need to pick away at the time over the years as opposed exactly. to a big. And
0: I think that we're, we're, we're going to talk about goals next week. But uh, people that just randomly assign a marathon time that they never do, they've never done a marathon in. Oh yeah, I'm gonna be running in four hours. Why? Yeah. Maybe you can. My first marathon was 30, 3.03. and and I know a lot of people that their, their first marathon was under three hours and stuff like that. Mike, I think it was three o five also his first marathon and a qualifier Boston qualifier and stuff like that. You can, but why? Yeah. Maybe you are not ready to it, and I'm not. I would love everyone to run 3 hour marathons and stuff like that and I think everyone can when just with the right training and consistency mm-hmm. over the long run. Um so yeah, I I don't care about my my, my times. Don't yeah. get me wrong. I'm going to go as fast as I yeah. can. I'm going to be dying at the end. I'm going to try to go to up, over, under 2:50 for Boston. That's my goal. Yeah. But if it doesn't happen, I don't care.
1: It won't be the end of the world. Exactly because yeah.
0: my my goal is in five five years. Away. Yeah. So, and then, you know,
1: you have Chicago coming, which is much
0: way faster yeah, compared so, so. to Boston. Yeah. So if
1: you do whatever you do in Boston, you'll hopefully be able to do quicker in Chicago anyway. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So. Okay. Yeah. My bigger yeah. learning is that just be patient and have long-term goals.
1: Yeah.
0: And I think it was my, my best year ever. Right. My fastest, my fastest marathon, my fastest 5K, and my fastest mile. Yeah. And it's. It's the first time I just was checking my stats yesterday. It's the first time ever I run consecutive years, 2,000 kilometers. So I ran 2,000 kilometers in 2021. And now I've 2,300, I think, for 2022. Uh, And I think that's a big, big, big... I think it's the biggest part of it. Yeah. Just having 4,000 kilometers in the last two years, you you already just get used to it and you get better and... you. Let me know what you think. But the more you run, the more efficient you become.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's one of my co-workers. She's looking at doing a half marathon next fall and talking about goals and how much should she run in, in her off season. And it, it's very simple at that phase. It's like the more the run, you better the better you're going to get to a certain point. If someone's trying to do 100 mile weeks and they work full time and have kids maybe that's not a good idea. Yeah. But really if you want to get better at running you just be consistent and run more but do it very gradually. Yeah. yeah. And you can
0: you can you can you can tweak your training with the specific speed sessions and the specific long mm-hmm. runs. But if you are overwhelmed about it because I was like 9 years ago I was overwhelmed there's so much information everyone's telling you one different thing and now with these stupid influencers sorry but Sometimes the the, the, yeah. the advice they give, is like,
1: why? It can be very overwhelming when you go on Instagram and look at what your friends are doing and you're reading. This is why I have a strengths coach at work that gives me my strength program. You don't have to worry it, I about I try it. to do it myself, I yeah. give people strength programs all the time. But if I try to do one for myself, I just get totally overwhelmed. I try to do everything. Then I end up in the gym for like two hours. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I just hand it over to someone who's very experienced and and he just says, okay, this is what we're doing for the next six
0: yeah, months. Yeah, and he can give you that without bias and judgment yeah. and it's, this is what it's working. I don't care.
1: And he what can it, see what the big picture. Exactly. Yeah.
0: You a, And yeah, all coaches, I think, need coaches, Yeah. right? Yeah. Not because a coach has a coach, it's a bad coach. It's just because he, he also needs someone to oversee his training and, yeah. and stuff like Tell that. Tell them what to do. Exactly. Yeah. And the more, it's funny, because I think the more information you have, the more overwhelmed you become. Yeah. And as you just said, people are scrolling through Instagram all day and they see 20 different accounts saying 20 different things and learning. And you try to do all of them at the same time. Mm -hmm. That's when you start to get overwhelmed.
1: I had someone come in and he was like, just so I can run, I have to do like two hours of rehab a day. Okay. And he said, there's something wrong with that. I said, what are you doing? And he said, well, I'm foam rolling and I'm stretching and I'm getting the massage gun and I'm doing core work and I'm doing this strength and that strength and balance and stability. And I was like, okay, we have to like write everything down that you're doing. We're going to narrow it down and come up with like something that you do two, three times a week for 30 minutes because he was just doing way too much. And he was, you could tell he wasn't enjoying running anymore. He was starting to resent it because it was taking up all his time.
0: Yeah. And maybe that, that time is better spent running or resting.
1: Yeah, exactly. No. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Cool. so yeah okay. that was my year I think the big lessons are consistency fueling, yeah I think on the long term
1: long-term goals yeah yeah because so we, we both had good 2022 20, years hopefully yeah. hopefully this time next year we'll be doing this and we'll both be very happy with our that will be awesome because there, there will be a
0: lot of learnings
1: yeah 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 uh,
0: if, we, if we if we are able to achieve new personal records and have good years that means we learn something something more yeah. that we added to our trainings
1: and next week's episode will tie in nicely to this because we're going to talk all about how to come up with goals in the new year and yeah. what the goal should look like and yeah. long-term and di- short-term different
0: yeah. kind of goals because not not because I'm training for a five-year marathon doesn't mean I, I don't have goals yeah. for next week even, yeah exactly right? yeah Yeah. cool uh, thank yeah. you so let's go do the runner of the week <laughs>
1: Matea Allen Smith. Matea is from Hawaii, and she's 92 year old. 92 years old. It's so
0: awesome to have a Athlete of the Week, Runner of the Week, that it's 92 years. 92.
1: old. 92, um, and she's the Runner of the Week because she's the oldest woman to ever complete a marathon. Yeah, she did it in 11 hours and 19 minutes and 49 seconds in yeah. Honolulu.
0: And one, one very. Funny thing or interesting is that she wasn't the last person to cross the line at the Honolulu Marathon.
1: Yeah. So out of, there were 6,230 people and she came in 6,167.
0: Yeah, that's like 33 people yeah. after her.
1: Yeah, she beat she yeah. beat a few people. So if you're one of these people who you don't do marathon because the cutoff times are usually six hours, go to Honolulu. Yeah, because that's you can smart. They will let you run for 11 hours. Yeah.
0: And I, I read that last year she ran also the Honolulu Marathon at 91 years old. And it was a big deal, right? And her daughter said her goal for next year is to be the oldest woman to ever run a marathon. And she, she achieved And she is. Yeah.
1: And I think it just says something about the sport of running. Because who's playing soccer or rugby at, at 90, 92? Two. Like running is just one of those sports that you can do it forever.
0: Yeah. I wish. Yeah. My my dream goal is to be running at 92, yeah, for sure. that would be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I just researched really fast about the glucose, the 180, 120, what does that mean? Yes. It's milligrams per deciliter, milligrams of glucose per deciliter in your blood. Okay. So, so that's
1: the unit we were missing. Yeah. Okay.
0: Maybe it means nothing to you, but that's the unit. Yeah,
1: if you're curious, <laughs> that's <It's>, it. Exactly.
0: <laughs> and we have some fun and interesting chasing sprints. Do you want to do the first one?
1: Yeah, the so we talked about Tate Dobson on the podcast a couple weeks ago. He was the roundabout runner. Yeah. So he went and did it again. He did another four hundred and thirty-seven loops of this roundabout in the opposite direction. That's funny. So he's done this twice.
0: Yeah. And I think her feeling strategy, his feeling strategy was the exact same. Yes. Yeah. Or something like that.
1: Just just candy. Yeah. Again. Yeah.
0: So yeah, he's crazy and uh, Yeah, I, I think he, he said I like, no, I just did it. To one side, right, clockwise. I think it was. Now, it, let's do it He's going
1: with with traffic. Yeah. So next big storm because we're supposed to get a lot of snow this week. Maybe we just Again. need to go find a nice clear roundabout. Yeah, and, beat and him. do 20k in no, this we, roundabout for we a long 430, run. Four hundred and thirty-eight laps. <laughs> Have a little aid station in the same spot, and we can just sip on our Gatorade every you know, ten
0: minutes. And uh, maybe uh how, how does how does he count the laps?
1: Oh, I'm, I'm gonna. You, look, you I, must be Yeah. Yeah, unless you have when something it, on your phone that you tap or every, every lap We a, a whiteboard or a blog yeah. in there just to... Yeah, we'll have some and volunteers. Then, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Next snowstorm, we'll find the nice clear. So yeah. the plow has gone through and off we go. Yeah. yeah. That's and there's true. another one. That's not true. We're
0: not going to do We're it. not doing that. Yeah. No, no, that's great. No.
1: I can't even run in the treadmill for more than 30 minutes. Yeah, I, <laughs> I can't run, run in a
0: four. I tried once running um, a long run in a 400-meter track. Oh. And I got dizzy. I can't imagine doing it. In a one hundred and forty meter roundabout. So
1: no roundabout for you. No, you'll fall. You'll fall over and injure yourself (laughs) with your dizziness.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but take that one. It's crazy. Yeah. And the second one.
1: Yeah, Mississippi college student. He he raced a four hundred meter distance. He did it in fifty one point eight four seconds, which is very impressive. But he was wearing wearing Crocs. Crocs. Yeah, he's twenty three. And yeah, you found an interesting stat on his uh, PR time.
0: Yeah, his PR is 47.10, 47 seconds.
1: Without cracks.
0: Without cracks, With with spikes. spikes, I I imagine these new carbon-plated spikes. I think they're called Dragonfly, something like that, the Nike ones. Uh, So I know I've never, I don't think I will ever be able to run 400 meters in 51.84 seconds. But that's 10% slower than his fastest time. Yeah. So that's where just try to you, when you start to to see that shoes really matter.
1: Yeah, definitely. <laughs> he went. he can go four seconds faster with the right shoes. And
0: on. in 400 meters, that's yeah. Imagine 10%. I the first time the Alpha flies or the Vapor flies came out, it's like you can run 4% faster, mm-hmm. and that's a huge deal. So if you go from spikes to Crocs, you yeah. run 10% slow. Yeah, because I, I can imagine people, oh, I'm going to run my next marathon in Crocs. In Crocs. Because in Crocs. he's really fast. Yeah, but he was 10% lower than his yeah. best, best And time I
1: can't. I saw the video of him doing the 400-meter efforts, and he was flying. He was so fast. But I can imagine how hard your foot muscles are working, like your little intrinsic muscles to keep, to the, keep main... the shoe on yeah. and to stabilize. Like, your muscles would work so much harder than those just to... At
0: least 10% Not harder. roll. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Yeah, that that was the runner of the week, the Chasing Sprints. Thank you very much for listening to another episode of Chasing PRs. See you next week.
1: Can't wait to talk about all your 2023 goals.
0: Yeah, bye. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you love it, give it a share. Please consider subscribing to the show and leaving a rating and review on iTunes or Spotify. And visit ChasingPRs.run for all the latest episodes get our free newsletter and all the cool running stuff we have there, thanks for joining.